Hello gamers and welcome to episode 406 of the Super Ultra Podcast Arcade for February 12th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Nicholson, and with me is my co-host, Dominic Stallworth. What's going on this week, Dominic? Man, um, a lot's going on this week, man. You know, it's Super Bowl week, so they've been having a lot of the media stuff for Super Bowl. I mean, this is like the biggest day in American, um, the American calendar. Um <laughs> And so, I mean, I mean, even some of the world, I mean, shucks. I mean, it's, it's, uh, people be looking at it, um, around the world. I mean, hell, they had those games in during Germany and, um, <laughs> the UK and Mexico City. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but th- this podcast, we're, it's not going to be like a, a traditional one because this is going to be a little short because then we're going to record our game of the year podcast. So I didn't want to spend too much time up here. So we're just going straight to games. We're just going to start with games. Uh, so um, actually, the flashback segment. Yeah, uh, we'll because we didn't because the games we did play. It's going to be mentioned later on mm-hmm. in the news, so we can talk about it there. Um, so we're going to talk about the flashback segment. So we're flashing back already. You know, like right there. We're going to twenty nineteen. Mm, where are we going? Where are we going, Daniel? Twenty thirteen. <laughs> we're going twenty thirteen. There it is. Ten years ago. Um, damn, Daniel, I thought you was going to highlight the games for me, what I was supposed to say. Oh, okay, shit, um, I'm sorry. Dead Space 3 came out. Yeah. And, yeah, we, we, we um, we, we played this game some years ago, um, together. Um, we had recorded some, um, us playing, playing the co-op, uh, mode of it. Well, which is just, just a regular game, is just that you can play with a partner. This is the first one to be able to play with a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reception was a little mixed um yeah it feels like it was lower than the previous two for sure yeah and uh i mean yeah the scores were on the 70 high 70s though but they were in the 70s i think the other was at least 80s um the first in the second game it was the best uh i forgot what the score was but game informer like this game they gave it a 9.75 oh wow yeah um three i mean that's a four okay Gaming Four is the reason why it's probably up in the high seventies. Uh, oh, and Polygon, Polygon gave it a nine point five. Wow! So game, everybody else gave it a basically a seven. Um, I think you see like a eighty on PC Gamer, um, probably just for the graphics. And <laughs> um, VideoGamer.com gave it a five out of ten, and that's why I can't click on them because they probably EA probably sued them, and now they don't exist no more. Um, yeah, even Edge gave it a seven. One up gave it a B minus. Damn, one up was still around at this time. Man, it was on his down legs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he had, had to be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it, and I never played the other two. I just watched them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love the, I like the story of those. They're, they were, it was really enjoyable. But like, you know, I'm a scaredy cat, and the only reason I played three is because you could be play with somebody, so mm-hmm. it didn't make it as scary. <laughs> but, but I enjoyed what I played. I mean, I thought it was interesting how they put in. Um, co-op. I, mean, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, I think people. I mean, I don't think the co-op was the problem though. I think people. Uh, it was a story. Um, and let me see what they said. They said blah blah blah. Doing twenty. The common criticism was that the was that move from survival horrors towards action. Okay, because it wasn't as much. Yeah, it probably wasn't as much. It wasn't as tense. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like I, those yeah. same yeah. criticisms were levied at, um, like Resident Evil Resident Five, Evil. basically. Five, yeah, exactly, and we and we enjoyed it. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, our, our our taste in horror is a little different, uh, but I understand, like, yeah, it's not as scary. 
And I, I'm fine. I mean, I uh, and I, it, you know what? I'm yeah, but I understand people who do want that survival because I mean, that's what you played it for. I mean, just you played the first two for, so you respect like, hey, three, yeah, you be the same. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, a lot of people were down on that, but they got decent scores. But now you see that they're going back, they're doing this base one again. Well, they did it again, and that was turned out to be great. So we'll see what they do next. Well, they're gonna just do this base two, right? That's what they're going to do. They're not going to make a new story. Uh, I just I have I, my doubts. I'll be surprised. I don't know do. how soon they get back to Dead Space, honestly, because they're the ones working on that Iron Man game. So, I mean, I'm guessing they maybe have different teams at that studio. But, yeah, I, I really wonder how soon we see a follow-up to this new one. Oh, it could be just a Tony Hawk thing. They do it, and then it's go away. <laughs> Say, yeah, there you <laughs> go. You get shut down, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be like, we need them to do something else. All right. What else came out here? We got Fire Emblem Awakening came out. Yeah. Uh, Fire Emblem was a big game. I never played this one. Only played, I mean, the Fire Emblems you heard of was the only ones I played is the ones I said while doing these podcasts. Yeah. Um, so I never touched this one, but this, let's see, what's this got rated? Oh, yo, it got rated pretty high. 92 out of 100. Yeah, the lowest score I see is a 8.5. So, yeah, the people liked it. Yeah, I feel like this might be like the first big one in America. I mean, the the Game Boy Advance ones, I I mean, were kind of up there because we had become familiar with the characters from Super Smash Brothers, but I feel like this this is where it really hit its stride in America. Yeah. Yeah, cuz that I didn't really hear about it. I mean, only thing I know about Fire Emblem was to smash yeah and that's how my friends hear about it and now they get angry if they see it because they're like there's so many freaking fireman characters it's like come on it's like it's like then we all know this all right what else we got oh sly cooper thieves and tom came out for the ps3 and ps vita this was like sly cooper's coming back finally and they're on the new platform Mm -hmm. and it's been a while since the last Sly, sly cooper game uh did you play this? I played a bit of it. Yeah, it was it was okay, but I it 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 just didn't didn't land with me at the time. Um, I don't know if something else came out and derailed it, but it was okay. Like I'm looking at the scores here, and it's got a 75 on Metacritic. Uh, Game Informer once again nine. Got to wonder if that's a cover <laughs> yeah. story, Dominic. Um, IGN gave it an eight, though. Game Trailers gave it an eight. GameSpot gave it a 7.5. Eurogamer gave it a 6, though. So, I don't know. Might have been uh, some uh, Eurocentric uh, blasphemy in there that they were offended by. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I never... I tried to play the first one on the Wii Master. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really get far. I didn't hate it, but uh, I just... Stop playing because something yeah, I just play something else. So I was like, oh, I want to play something else that's a little more fun. It's some of us like Cooper because I think when they said stealth, like I was like, oh, another platformer game, and then it said you you um you have to do st- I mean you do stealth in this one. I was like, oh, I don't like stealth. <laughs> I was like, I don't like, and that that's what turned me off on it. Yeah, even though it looked good, I was like, nah, I'll stick with Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank uh, with this. But when I played the remaster of it on PS3. I was like, okay, it was okay. It's okay um, doing this. It wasn't terrible, like, stealth. Yeah, I feel like they don't lean too heavily into that. It's still 
light. You know, it's like trying to avoid a spotlight or something like that, like kind of yeah, stealth. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just, but yeah, I just never got really into it. And I think that was it. I didn't, I guess, this might didn't sold that well that they wanted to continue the Sly Cooper name. Mm-hmm. Um, Because they said in August 2021, rumors of a Sly Cooper 5, I don't even remember that being developed began on surface, although it was noted that um, Sucker Punch was productions was not behind the sequel or Senzaro games. Yeah. I think they're either, the ones so. that did the most. Yeah. They, they're the ones that did this one, the Thievius in time, Thieves in time. Okay. Thieves in time. You about to say Thievius Raccoonus. Yeah. Um, um, Thievius Raccoonus <laughs> in time. All right. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Aliens, Colonial Marines. Yeah. Uh, I think people say this is the best Aliens game that ever came out. Uh, yes, this is uh, this is a big deal because of how long this game was in production. It was like a Duke Nukem Forever kind of thing, um, which is funny because it's been done by the guys who worked on the Duke Nukem Forever, <laughs> yeah. I believe. Did uh, <laughs> they mean the yeah, when it finally came out? Gearbox. So. Yeah, and yeah, I've seen a 48 is the highest score I see on Xbox 360 and 43 and 45 on PC and 43 on uh, PS3. Yeah, it uh, I don't think anyone liked this. Uh, I well, well, PlayStation Official Magazine in the UK gave it a 6. So there you go. <laughs> and Game Travels gave it a 5.9. Alright. But yeah. Now, why? I'm going to see. Why didn't they like it? Journalists primarily criticized the gameplay for the weak artificial intelligence of enemies. They remarked that Xenomorph simply rushed towards players, making the motion tracker useless. Going to game trails, there's never really the sense that you're being stalked by an intelligent enemy and you'll always get a warning ping anyway. The setting and level designs was praised by Electronic Gaming Monthly, but GameSpot noted that the levels were clearly not designed for cooperative gameplay. Oh, it was cooperative. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you working together? Uh, but yeah, because I yeah, I remember. I'm trying to remember the year I first heard about this game. It had to been like the the mid two thousands or early two thousands or something. Like there were there was like already starting working on a, like a colonial marines game where hey you be together or something. And I was like, oh man, that sounds good. But it just never came through. And then now the thing finally came through, it sucked. But oh well. All right. Uh, is this the last one for? Yep, last one for 2013. We got Persona 4 Arena came out on the PlayStation Network, and this is the fighting game. Yeah. It came in Japan um in 2012 last year, but it in um actually I don't know why why we're saying this because uh, this, this is actually the release type thing. Yeah. Ah. Oh yeah. Okay. Never mind. They got me with the PSN, Dominic. (laughs) Okay, so that's it for 2013. So now we're going to 2003, 20 years ago. We got Unreal 2, The Awakening. Unreal 2 is the first person shooter um, combat, uh, first person shooter combat game. Um, I think it's team based. Yeah, team based game. They do have a single. They didn't have a single player in Unreal, right? Yeah, Unreal had a single player to it. Um, I just don't know it because I, I never played it. I always just heard about the multiplayer because everybody always talk about mm-hmm. that, and that's why Unreal Tournament was like 
see like that was more popular than the unreal yeah i think uh, that's why they went that direction with like three where it was basically just like now it's all multiplayer stuff focused yeah yeah um but this one didn't get um as high a praise as the first one because i'm looking at the metacritic it's got 75 on pc which is good but it's just not like great yeah, and spectacular xbox got a 64 because hey it's on the console so of course they they're gonna hate that this is during the time when um, segregation between the consoles and the um the pc like yeah. they they hate each other <laughs> they hate each other yeah, uh, PC people look at the console people as lesser, and lesser. Yeah, to they um looked at PC. I mean, PC looked at the console guys as lesser beings. Jesus, they did not. Yes, I mean you know, it's PC a little more tolerant still today. Is a thing, darling. I mean, it's a little t- more tolerant um today, but but I think I think after some um politics and stuff, it, it seemed like it's it's coming out again. Speed is peeking his head out again. The sad That's thing it. is that actually is kind of true because like PC ports are starting to kind of suffer again. It sounds like. So uh, yeah, yeah. When we when we will get equality for PC games, Dominic. <laughs> All right. Um, where are we at here? We are at okay. Get out my way, Unreal. Um. Command and Conquer Generals came out. Command and Conquer series. I so this is is this a big one? Um, because I know Command and Conquer. Yeah. Got eighty four Metacritic. Um, it's a strategy game though, dealing with like, well, all oh, depends. This seemed like it's more realistic because yeah, it's called. Uh, it looked like the like it's, real, it's actually real military. Um, yeah, because there's also the, what's the other Command and Conquer series? The um. Like red alert, that kind of stuff is yeah, the stuff where that's the goes, one I kept. Yeah, that's the one I really just know. So it looks like, yeah, it's going back to its roots. And how did the people it was relatively like it? Oh, it's banned in Germany. Oh man, uh, for some reason. Um, let me see why was it banned in Germany. They placed the game on the list of media harmful to young people two months <laughs> after the initial lease. Which by law forbids further public advertising and any sale for people under 18 years of age. Um, they stated that the game would give underage people the ability to play the war in the game. Was this based off real wars? I don't know. I wonder when they say the war, are they saying the yeah. war, wink, wink? Or are they saying, yeah, like. Just weirdly stating it's a war that they can play. Yeah, I don't think this is. It doesn't seem like it's based on some anything real. Yeah, it seems like it would be like close near future kind of thing. Yeah, it's like the yeah the the factions I see somewhere here like the Global Liberation Army um, rely on cheap units and stuff. Okay, you get a gorilla to China. It seems like it's the U.S. versus Chinese. China relies on stronger takes on artillery and can use hackers. Yep, Chinese hackers. There you go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The United States rely on high-tech weaponry such as drones and dominant air force to deal with opponents. 
Yeah, I never really. I mean, the only Command and Conquer game I played, I think it was like a demo, and it's one of the futuristic ones. Uh, I think that was on Xbox 360, and I don't remember which one it was, but I just know them for having those videos with famous people, like yeah. actual actors playing Got them, Rick and kind of funny. McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, they they were always funny to me. Yeah. All right, so that is it. Oh, no, it's not. Last but not least, Vex, a game I totally forgot about. Yeah. Uh, Vex is a, was an acclaimed game. It was basically uh, like an action platformer where you played as some, I don't know what he is. It looks like a ripoff of um, Jack, Jack from Jack and Dexter. <laughs> he definitely looks like a uh, mix of Jack and the character from Legacy of Cain. Yes, yes. <laughs> and... Let me see. Uh, this you, is Kane for Kids. It was, yeah. It was, so it was done by Acclaim, so that's why you um, haven't seen it yeah. again. And I don't know how it sold. But, uh, I mean, the scores were okay for GameCube and Xbox. But the PS2, I think it um, must have had some problems because they got some low scores. Yeah. It's um, like 10 points lower people. than everything else. Yeah. But... Uh, make, I mean, yeah, it's, it was an okay platformer. I never played. I just remember seeing it advertised all the time. Yeah. They try to push it. Not as good as but nobody was Sphinx and the it. Curse of the Mummy, of course. No, doesn't seem like it is. Or even well, Cow no, the like Kangaroo. Reception. Or review. Don't know. Got no sales or nothing. I was going to assume it didn't sell. Oh, I don't know. When did the claim go down? It's got to be soon. <laughs> this is the game that brought them down, Dominic. <laughs> They put all their hopes into Vex. Mm-hmm. He can deliver. All right, so that is it for the flashback segment. Uh, there was no games when it came out tw- uh, 30 years ago, 1993. So yeah. uh, I guess we'll take a quick break. When we get back, we get to the gaming news. All right. And we're back. So let's get to the gaming news. What we got, Dad? All right, Dominic. Continuing the saga of the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard, the UK regulatory body, CMA, the Competition and Markets Authority, has now weighed in following their second phase of investigation, um, basically saying that in order for you guys to make this happen, we need some concessions and their suggested concessions are as extreme as, uh, divesting your business from call of duty or Activision or Activision and blizzard. Um, basically saying like you can make this deal as long as you don't get everything that you wanted in this deal. Um, I I've seen a lot of speculation over this past week about what this means. If it could mean that this deal is basically dead. Um, Michael Pactor, who is kind of a video game analyst, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah. Yes. Prognosticator. Um, you may be familiar with his name. He, he gets a lot of stuff wrong though. Um, but he has speculated basically like they wanted to get these terms on the table first before any u.s regulatory bodies or something like that so that they could be the ones to say that they are the ones making microsoft you know have some sort of concession um not not expecting necessarily that any of this comes true 
But apparently, based on these findings, they also aren't even taking into consideration things that they have already conceded, like working with these companies, Nintendo and Sony and Steam, to put Call of Duty on their platform for at least 10 years. So and that kind of understanding of it does make me you know, wonder if they are kind of rushing this to the table to just kind of get it out there as a, a PR move. Um, I think anybody that listens to this podcast knows kind of where we stand with this. Um, basically we want those games on game pass, so, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, but even from a, like, is this going to make Microsoft or Xbox a monopoly? Like, I, I don't think there's any real belief that that would be the case, right? Like Sony is still a very big company with very large studios, who are producing very high quality games and And they have very large install base right now and, and, and right now have a bigger install base. And plus, you know, shortly after the announcement of this proposed acquisition, they purchased Bungie. So we've talked about it in the past, but like if you're sad that you're going to lose call of duty in 10 years, you have a studio that is very capable of making an online multiplayer shooter. Maybe have them start doing some skunk works type stuff, you know, to try and figure out what they can produce to replace that. You know, you, you, t- you got or tell them to get the agent, get the agent license. So <laughs> get they can the bring, bring the, yeah. Get, get, bring that game out. Cause rockstar is not doing it. I mean, you might just have to pay rockstar, you know, to make, make them make that game. But, yeah, I mean that's it. It just seems crazy, you know. We're we're still a couple of months away from basically the deadline for this. Otherwise, Microsoft I think has to pay quite a bit of money if they don't close the deal by like June. But you and I both know that at the same time, that's kind of fast approaching. So uh, we'll see how this goes. I'm I'm still optimistic and and hoping that this will go through, even if Microsoft has to to concede a little bit and and as we talked yeah, about cause, they have and 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 you know what does at the, the here's the real thing does it matter to us if they do concede as long as we get the games on game pass it, it really doesn't matter to us right is that no i mean depending us? on what those yeah. concessions are oh, no, if, no. if they concede to but, you know not acquiring the activision portion or not acquiring the the um the blizzard portion of the company, you know, obviously then that, that would preclude us from getting some of those games on game pass. So, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I just want, I'm just saying any concession along the games on game pass, I'm okay with, I don't from like the, from the business side, that doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I mean, as long as I, I'm able to play them. How now you this feel... come to be that I can't play them. Sorry. Go go ahead. Ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Uh, how would you feel if that the concession that they 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 made that allowed this to go through was that Call of Duty, uh, being the only game basically, would not be on Game Pass because you know that's I'll the, be okay with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. That's 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 what I that's how I feel too. It's like as long as I get everything else, I'm not huge into Call of Duty nowadays anyway if they were on game pass i would probably be more likely to play them but like i just play a single player yeah no, i'll be only playing a single player anyway <laughs> yeah. i don't pass. feel like i'd be missing out too much if if that were the case so 
Because I just wonder if that's something that Sony would push for is like, well, as long as it's on Game Pass, nobody's going to spend $70 for the game on on PlayStation, therefore effectively making them a monopoly in the in the uh, market of Call of Duty, regardless of if they're putting it out on our systems for 10 years, you know. So I wonder if that's something they would push for. But here's the thing. Okay. I think people are still going to probably end up buying it $70 on PlayStation. 100%. They don't have it. They don't have an Xbox. Like, so even saying it's on Game Pass, they don't have an Xbox and they don't want to play, they don't want to pay for Game Pass and yeah, play on their phone. They don't the want to stream on their phone. Or, or, yeah, so it, it's like they, that's the only way they're going to play Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on a PlayStation. No, absolutely. They're still going to sell like gangbusters, I would imagine. Because there are plenty of people out there that have PlayStations that do not have PCs or Xboxes in their household. So, I mean, that's I, I don't think Microsoft would uh, agree to put it out on their system if they didn't think they were going to at least recoup the money that they're going to spend porting it in some way, shape, or form. Now, the Nintendo thing, I don't, I don't know what that is. That feels like them just conceding for concession's sake. Yeah, because what games is on, on Nintendo? Besides, like like Spyro came out. Yeah. Um. The, was it was there um a uh, um, is it Diablo Diablo? Yeah, um, that's true. Um, three. Um, but like Call of Duty wise, we Overwatch. haven't seen one of those on a yeah, Nintendo Call of Duty, console no. in a long time. Yeah, so. we seen Blizzard. We seen Blizzard. Uh, but we haven't seen Call of Duty and and uh, we seen Spyro and um the uh, Crash Bandicoot. But mm-hmm. other than that. Yeah, I just can't think of anything else. Did, did, did they get Tony Hawk? Yeah, they got Tony Hawk. Yes, okay. They got Tony Hawk as well. So, yeah, we, we shall see how that continues to unfold. Um, but basically, the, uh, the other real big story this week was that Nintendo announced and uh, had a Nintendo Direct this past week. Uh, kind of focused on the games for the first half of the year, as they as they said it. Um, so I got the highlights here, basically. I didn't put everything. Uh, we're going to start off here with Pikmin 4. That was given a release date of July 21st, 2023. So that is going to be coming. And we got Pikmin Girl, right? And we got Pik- Pikmin Girl, yeah. I don't... Did they she wasn't- indicate if that's going to be like a multiplayer thing? Uh, I didn't see it okay. uh, doing that. There wasn't a Pikmin girl in the, le- in the third one, right? Because I don't remember seeing one. I don't anyway. think so. But they had the other Pikmin guy, right? Like there's yeah, there's Captain yeah, there was another guy, and then yeah. there's Captain Luigi Mar or whatever. <laughs> I feel like that's how that went. Yeah, so that's that's coming out. Uh, looks like a Pikmin game. Uh, next up was Samba de Amigo Party Central. Uh, doesn't look like they're going to be doing maracas for that, but you know, if you're looking for the return of the maraca monkey, he is coming back. Ghost. So you can you can you take off the um the controllers and use it as maracas? I'm sure that's going to be what they expect you to do. So I don't know. Some some company is going to sell you like plastic maraca shells to put your joy con in i'm sure i'm surprised there isn't one now for something yeah (laughs) um i can 3d print one um next up ghost trick phantom detective that is returning uh just basically a re-release of that previous game but i know a lot of people are uh, super into ghost trick uh you got see you know what i kind of 
was that? Yeah, I'm kind of interested in it. Yeah, it seems like something you would definitely be into. Um, definitely heard good things about that game. Next up was Sea of Stars. This is a turn-based RPG that is set in the Messenger universe. It's made by the same developer. Um, it's basically a prequel to that story, it sounds like. The game looks really good. Uh, they didn't give a specific date for it, but there is a demo on the eShop right now. Um, and it seems like it's a more active RPG where, you know, you're you're doing button presses and stuff like that during combat. It's not just select your move and go. So I downloaded that. I haven't tried it out yet, but it looks good. Uh, next up, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. That's been given a new date, April 21st, 2023. Uh, basically just about a year from when it was supposed to come out. That game looks fine. Still not totally sold on the art style of that thing. I, It's not as bad as I feel like I remember thinking it was, but it's still a step down from what I thought was really good, you know, hand-drawn, well, hand-pixel animated stuff from before. Uh, next up was the announcement that the Game Boy will be added to the Nintendo Switch online service uh, with games like Tetris, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX, Gargoyles Quest, Game and Watch Gallery 3, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, Metroid 2, The Return of Samus, Wario Land 3, Kirby's, uh, Wario Land 3, Kirby's Dream Land, and then in the future, they also announced that or- uh, Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages will be coming, as well as Pokemon Trading Card Game and Kirby's Tilt and Tumble. So that's a pretty wow. solid collection. I'm surprised they're getting a Pokemon Trading Card Game. I feel like that's like a concession. They're like, we're not giving you one of the mainline Pokemon games. Sorry, you can screw right off. Um, but this is like close enough to one of those games and kind of a really good game. I, I enjoyed that game back in the day. Um, so here's kind of like, ah, you're going to complain about Pokemon being, not being here. Here's something. That's what I feel like that is. They, um, I was about to say, yeah. And, and plus it's going to be game boy color mm-hmm. or, um, the, what was the other one? Oh, the game boy pocket version like you could change the uh the filters yeah so it could look like that green background the old game boy the game boy pocket one which is like a better filter like clear and then you have game boy color which put some color in it yeah and i I think that's pretty cool um that they did that even though i thought the way they made they may look like you can do it instantly and i was trying to like i record a video of me trying to play around figure out how to do that shit and then i realized you gotta leave out and pick it like I think before the game or something like that. I wondered about that because the Game Boy Advance, I wasn't sure if there were any options there, but I thought I had seen somewhere that you could add like scan lines or something and I couldn't figure out where. So maybe that's what I was missing is you have to go into like where you select the games and then go to settings or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I saw some, um, the Gargoyle game, Gargoyle Quest, which is, mm-hmm. I, I totally forgot about that game. It was a game I had. And <laughs> I, I didn't really like it when I was young because yeah. I always had a hard time with the controls and everything. But I played it again. I, I beat one of the levels. Okay. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, it, it was all right. Uh, but yeah, I was just so, so surprised because I didn't think that was like a popular game or anything. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was just some shitty 
game and just got thrown away or something <laughs> like like they. So I, I didn't even know that. Like it, when I saw it up there, I said, "What?" I said, "Why they pick this game? Yeah. I thought it was like a bargain bin game or something." It's kind of um, fun because it's like you have all these like top Nintendo titles, and then you have like. Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, and Gargoyles Quest. And it's like, how did you decide that these two games were going to be the ones? Yeah, that the Alone in the Dark one. Yeah, I, I don't know. Alone in the Dark, I wonder if they're just like, look how cool this was that we were able to do like Resident Evil style 3D on a Game Boy Color, even though, you know, having experienced games like that, that's not great, but I don't know. Um, I played a little bit of Wario Land 3 because that wasn't a game that I had ever really played but heard good things about. It it admittedly did not do too much for me so far. I've only played like uh, two levels, though. Um, okay. They also announced after that that Game Boy Advance was coming to the Nintendo Online uh, expansion pack only. Uh, so if you pay for that additional tier that includes the N64 games, you'll also get Game Boy Advance games, and that is going to include Super Mario Advanced 4, Super Mario Brothers 3, and that's going to have the 38 e-reader levels uh, that came on those uh, little cards that you could get and scan with the e-reader for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, also, WarioWare Inc., Mega Micro Games, Kuru Kuru Kururin, uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit, Mario and Luigi's Superstar Saga, uh, Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. And then in the future, they announced that you will be seeing uh, Metroid Fusion, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Fire Emblem, F-Zero Velocity, and Golden Sun coming to that service as well. So that is a pretty solid set of games as well, Dominic. What do you think? Yeah, that, it really is. Um I'm surprised on Metro Fusion. Um, I'm happy that they're actually getting that. And again, the Zelda. Mm-hmm. They got Zelda up there too. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the Minish Cap. That's uh, a game that I'm definitely considering replaying at some point. I remember that was the only one. Yeah, I, I did beat that game because I bought it from you. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I used to had a Game Shark or something with it. Because <laughs> um, at the train one, um, the Spirit Train. Mm-hmm. Spirit that's Tracks. That's what it's called. Uh, spirit Tracks or um that that one I didn't complete. I didn't finish that one. Yeah. But uh, hopefully they'll that'll be a future one that they'll just they have up there. Yeah, um, I'm not cool. surprised they didn't. They don't. Yeah, they didn't put up the the four swords. No. Um, I'm a little surprised, but then not. I don't know. I but I, I hope they do put up four swords up there. Yeah, I I wonder if they will because they do have multiplayer locally and online with friends. Yeah, exactly. And even because I was thinking, like, maybe they don't put up there because it's already on Super Nintendo. I mean, technically, because mm-hmm. that's just a remake of the Super Nintendo to make mean the single player part of it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, but the Four Swords stuff was something new. And I, I would try to play at least with my did friend. Did they do a he separate Zelda. Four Swords thing? I thought they did also. I I thought that was, yeah, they did, but I didn't. That was on I know something there was one else on the GameCube. That, like the GameCube or I, something? I, I remember there was a GameCube had had a Four Swords one, but yeah. I didn't know if the Game Boy had one, like, that was alone. Yeah, I think it was just the GameCube now that you, you mentioned that. Um, yeah, I was wondering, because, like, at the same time, I'm sitting here thinking, like, why would you put Super Mario Advance 4 
Mario Brothers 3 on there and not have like Super Mario Advance 2 Super Mario World, but you already have Super Mario World as part of the SNES stuff. And you don't have this is different from the NES version of Super Mario 3 because it also has those 38 e reader levels. So that makes sense in that yeah. context. Much like you with like Gargoyles Quest, I was surprised to see something like Kuro Kuro Kurin because. That's a game that is the, I think this one came out before. Um, it's the it's the predecessor to a game that I actually imported, which is Kurr in Paradise uh, for the Game Boy Advance. And it's the same style game. You're a spinning stick and you're going through these mazes. And uh, I mean, outside of it being cool, I, I have no idea why I ended up like specifically importing that game. Because that one is Japanese only. I actually broke it out this morning to see if it was the same game or not. Because everything that I have related to it is Japanese. But Kuro 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 in the one that's on the service also came out in Europe. Which is why there's actually English in that game. Um, But that game's really cool. I've spent a lot of time with that. I played a little bit of WarioWare... uh, I I really like that game. That that game was really cool. I wonder if they'll bring out more of more of those games on the service too. Because like theoretically, you could even do like the WarioWare Twisted one because it's got motion controls in the Switch, the same way that they're going to be bringing out Kirby Tilt and Tumble. Um, of course, Metroid Fusion. Looking forward to that being on there. I wonder if they'll do you know Zero Mission as well. It would be really cool to have basically like all the Metroid games or, you know, closing in on all the Metroid games on this one system. Um, because, uh, the next piece of news, Dominic, I had kind of been talking about it as a rumor that had been going around for a long time because a lot of the, the places that I get my gaming news from have talked about it for a long time, possibly coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, Metroid prime remastered, uh, the, the big thing that, surprised me more than anything is that they announced that it was just out as soon as they, they made that announcement digitally. Uh, the physical version of that is coming out February 22nd. And this is like a true remaster. Like the, the graphics have been greatly improved. They added dual joystick support. Um, I've, I've been playing a bit of that. I got past for the first boss yesterday and it looks and plays fantastic. Um, I know it you does. played a little bit as well. What do you think? Yeah, I, I got to the um, when I got to the world. Um, mm. Was it Talon four or five? Yep, what, Talon six. Four. What is? Okay, um, I that's when I stopped uh, playing. Um, gotcha. But yeah, so I played that first boss and shooting the enemies, and yeah, man, it, it looks really good. Like it looks like how I remembered it, mm-hmm. and I know it doesn't look like <laughs> this. Yeah. So I was like, darn. But I always thought. At the time when Metroid came out, I thought that was like one of the best looking games I've ever seen mm-hmm. when I first played Metroid. Because I was like, I see no game that looked that good in like a first person shooter. Yeah. With so much, uh, and at that time, detail. Because um, I was like, even um, Halo, I mean, um, Halo, it, it looked good, but I think Metroid, because of how it's condensed and closed, mm-hmm. and I think. Um, I think it was 60 frames. Yeah. Even then. It, was. it wasn't. Yeah. So so 
So that's why it looks like it was one of smoother and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it was a huge world like Halo. It's more condensed, you know, Yeah, areas. they sectioned um, off each loading screen from yeah. the doors so they could have a smaller, smaller kind of section to look at. Exactly. So, but yeah, and in, and um, it's not, I mean, it's not a shooter in that sense, yeah. um, like other shooters. It's, it's more puzzle and shooting and figuring things out. I mean, just like Metroid. It's just it's basically yeah. Metroid in 3D. And it it looked great. I always like, it's like man, this game looks so incredible. <laughs> um, and looking at this now, I was like, man, it still it still looks good. I mean, mm-hmm. this remastered, it still looks good. It still looks it looks really good. Yeah, I mean, it, it really uh, lets you appreciate like the art design behind it because, like, like you said, the details to it. Because, like, when you're close to a wall or a door and you fire off a missile or a charge beam and you see the reflection of her face in the in the, yes. in the visor, that stuff is so cool. Or, oh, like, yeah, I remember. That just scared the shit out of me. Went time, I said, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, well, the enemy's hitting you. Yeah, yeah, like hitting you and shit. And like, I was like, oh, man. Or when you are when you first land on Talon 4 and you look up and you, you see the rain like on your visor. That stuff was just so cool back in the day. Um, yeah, so that game is awesome. I am I am so glad that that actually became a thing. The rumor now How much is, it cost? Uh, I think it was $39.99, too, which I was actually surprised by. I mean, I... I would have, I hate to admit it, because Nintendo will take it every advantage of it, but I, I I would have paid $60 for it. But yeah, it was 40 bucks, So, you know, that was cool. Um, rumor is that they're going to come out with two and three eventually, but they are not going to be remastered in the same way. They'll just be upscaled or whatever. So we'll see how those turn out, if that ends up being the case. Because... Um, from the sound of it is like those are done and ready to go whenever Nintendo wants to put them out. And, you know, I've seen some people speculate like, Oh, because this one's doing so well that, you know, they'll go back and give it the proper treatment. Like, I don't think if those games are already done and ready to go, that they would like go back to the drawing board and spend, you know, a year to actually bump them up to the, uh, the visual fidelity of this one. But we shall see. Um, speaking of GameCube games, Dominic, Baton Kaidos. Do you remember this game from back in the day? Okay. For for me, as like a GameCube guy, the first one was kind of a big deal because I don't remember if it was coming from like a specific studio or director or something or if it was just like, oh, wow, we're getting a huge JRPG style thing. Um, but then it it came out and it was like, Oh, the combat is card based and it's weird. Um, but that and Baton Kaidos two are getting HD remasters that are coming out summertime this year. Uh, there was a tease of a new professor Layton game, professor Layton and the new world of steam. That's pretty cool. I haven't played a professor game Layton game in a long time, but those games are neat little brain twister kind of thing so i was appreciated those yeah yeah that was the yeah um they didn't oh, show anything outside more. of oh, just oh, you know yeah, professor yeah. Layton. but what was that uh not nothing nothing go ahead uh but but, but, but no back to batting kaidos yeah, yeah i the name looks familiar but i never i don't look at the cover i'm like i don't that cover know doesn't this. look familiar that's the that's the thing that is the most familiar to me because i think i saw it a lot in like nintendo power or something like that um it's just one of those things that i would never 
have expected to see make a return. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah. All right. So after that was a little trailer for Mario Kart Deluxe 8. 8 Deluxe, the booster course pack. Uh, there's going to be a new course, Yoshi's Island, that is going to be part of the next booster set. As well as a new character, uh, they're going to add Birdo to the game. So that's neat. And that is, of okay. course, free if you have the expansion, online expansion pass stuff. And I think like 20 bucks or $25 if you don't. Um, and then, Dominic, the final thing in the Nintendo Direct was the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. They had a new trailer there. Um, it it looks like more breath of the wild. The thing that kind of stands out the most to me is what appeared to be like improvised constructed vehicles that you see link rolling around on. It, it gave me kind of like banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts kind of feelings. What do you okay. think? Oh, I'm, Daniel, it's, it, it looks like breath of the wild. So, yep. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I mean, I, I'll play it when you get it um, and I'll try it out. Hopefully I'll like it. Yeah. I mean, but, We'll see. Yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it looks it's not it's nothing new there no. that gets me excited for the game. So, um, because really, it's a, it's quality of life stuff that I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and weapon I don't durability think that's and, and climbing and stuff, right? Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, and plus I want to see how the game runs. I'm see how the game runs too. That is also. the thing that I am most concerned about. We, we shall see. Um, so the date is May 12th. We already knew that. Um, the kind of new detail that also came out alongside of this is that this game is going to cost $70. Nintendo has entered the realm of the next-gen pricing structure with this game. Next-gen pricing without the next-gen. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, I I think that's that's kind of been the discourse around this is like, you have some people who are like, yeah, it's going to be a high-quality Nintendo game, of course. Why wouldn't they sell it for $70? And some people saying, like, they're a little surprised that they're, Nintendo's not waiting for the next generation to basically use that as an excuse. And then other people are like, yeah, but Nintendo's looking at this like, I'm not going to say that my game is not worth the same as what these other people are charging for their high-quality AAA titles. For me, it really boils down to, yeah, this is not a next generation game. This is a game that could potentially struggle to run at 720 if it if it has the same issues that we saw in Breath of the Wild. Now, I'm hoping that because this game is coming out so so much further in the future from Breath of the Wild, they've been able to figure out how to optimize that engine and make it run smoothly on the switch because we've seen games like, you know, super Mario Odyssey have no issue whatsoever um, in a similar capacity now, or like even Xenoblade. I feel like there wasn't really a a lot of talk about how that game, you know, had poor performance. Um, And that's really what it boils down to for me is like, you're asking $70 for, for something that is not if your excuse is that video games cost more to make now because of the the increase in fidelity and stuff like that that doesn't apply here this is still a game yeah, that's running at 1080 you. max <laughs> um 
So, uh, you know, I, I'm conflicted about that. The only thing that doesn't make me that that I'm like, okay, whatever, is that it is still part of the voucher system that Nintendo has has brought back to the United States as of last week. Um, so basically for $100, you're now getting a $70 Tears of the Kingdom plus a $30 other game of your choice. Um so that that makes me feel like, oh, okay, yeah, I was going to buy those vouchers anyway for two games that were going to be $60. If one of them is now $70, it it, it basically makes no difference to me. Um, that's the only thing. That's the only reason that I'm not like complaining about this price even more. Um, but yeah, it, it, it feels like a indication of the future. I think Nintendo's come out and say, said it's going to be like a case by case basis. But I think this does give the indication that if we do see new Nintendo hardware, that they are absolutely going to be on board with the raise in price to $70 without a doubt for basically everything. So that is unfortunate. I mean, it's funny because like, even the $60 price tag, it felt like was pushing it for a lot of Nintendo games because they were... It really was. They were uh, the previous I mean, gen. I don't think even. I bought one. Did I buy... I'm trying to think. What game did I buy for 60 bones? I think I did. Maybe Hyrule Warriors Calamity I did. Mm-hmm. I gotta look it up. I was gonna I say maybe. Because I, like I feel like maybe you were waiting for that to go down in price too. But, yeah, because I ain't... I didn't get it when it first came out. Yeah. What's the yeah, one I didn't get it when it first getting out. from Gamefly? That was the Fire Emblem one, right? Fire Emblem, I yeah, did. Yeah, the Three Hopes. Um. Yeah, so I it always felt like that ten dollars oh, extra. Oh, they Nintendo ain't listen to was, this. What's that? <laughs> what the, the one to. that you rented from from Gamefly? What are you talking about, Dominic? Um. <laughs> Yeah, so it always felt like that $60 price point was like a $10 switch tax because you're getting a portable and a console version of a game that, you know, I I, I didn't particularly like, but I paid because right. I was Y'all, y'all really be making excuses for y'all shit. Y'all just gonna say like, man, I would pay for this, but I'm just gonna do that. Yeah. Um, y'all make a switch tax when they ain't, they ain't say that. That is made that up and say this is switch tax. Oh, a hundred percent. That's why. <laughs> I mean, that was stuff I was talking about before they even launched the the console. Dominic was basically like, I I don't I wouldn't be surprised if these games are are on par with at the time what then was next gen console. So I guess really this doesn't come as a surprise. Um. Yeah, I, I mean the the more offensive thing, and I think I talked about it this a little bit last week when we talked about the voucher stuff is just those games that are so old that should be like player's choice titles now still being full price. Me being able to look at arms in the eShop right now and still have to pay the the cost that it was the day that it came out or one, two, three switch or even something like fire emblem three houses. Why is fire emblem three houses and fire emblem engage the same price? (laughs) <laughs> that, that doesn't feel like that should be a thing that that is is true. 
Um, you know, I'm sure if I'm this company, I'm going to argue that, oh, well, they're both very high quality games. It doesn't matter when you purchase them, but you and I both know that's not how this works. Dominic, you know, no, the, the discourse is over for that game. You know, I should be able to pick it up cheaper. And I, I mean, shit, if we're talking like player's choice titles and, and talking about like sales related, like Pokemon should be a player's choice title, like two weeks after it comes out. Um, all right. Anyway, that was the Nintendo Direct, Dominic. Was there anything else that you wanted to uh, maybe talk about from that or any other news that you may have seen this week? I don't know. I guess, yeah. We're good. All right. We'll get into new releases here real quick, Dominic. We got Metroid Prime Remastered, as mentioned moments ago. That's now out on the Nintendo Switch. And we also have Hogwarts Legacy out now on the PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. Uh, game has been getting pretty good reviews from what I've seen and is like number one streaming on Twitch. I think it's basically as successful as we kind of expected it to be if it turned out to be a good game. What are your thoughts? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that. That, it seems like it is. I mean, yeah. from what I've seen, um, the gameplay-wise and everything, it seems like something I would like to play. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, in the future, I'll be able to get my hands on it. Uh, because, but thing is, I don't know if it can run my PC because I don't have a uh, next-gen console. Right. Gotcha. All right, then, Dominic. That is it for the week. You got anything else for the people before we wrap this up? Nope. That is it. All right. Thank you, guys, as always, for listening. You can check us out on Twitter. Uh, Dominic is at D Stallworth five. I'm at Regulus M B. The podcast is at Superpod S U P A P O D. Superpod.com is the website. You can check us out there. It has all of our podcasts as well as links to places you can find us, including YouTube, where there's a video version of this podcast, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and any other place you may find an audio podcast. And until next time, guys, talk to you later. All right, see you.